are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast back for Giants baseball in the year 2023. It is spring and hope springs eternal when the season starts. And uh, this is Sam Lubman here of uh, the producer of the Morning Roast. And I'm here with my co-host on this podcast, Joe, the butcher boy Shasky. You can also hear him on the Morning Roast. And uh, Shasky, man, we did it. We got through the long, cold, wet winter. It was an up and down winter. It was uh, some not some great headlines winter, but we're here at the start of baseball season. Is hope springing eternal for you? It really does. I mean, this is the changing of the seasons. Obviously, we here in the Bay Area have been rained out for what feels like 100 straight days. Um, Little League has started across the country, especially here. Softball leagues. Everybody's starting to plan their vacations. I can feel it. And there's just something optimistic this time around and again if you're listening to us for the first time hit subscribe you can find us and like us um on uh anywhere you look for podcast or the odyssey app garlic fries and baseball guys sam i'm really excited for this year i mean obviously you know the giants had a tumultuous offseason which we haven't had an opportunity to discuss but it's funny how i kind of tricked myself into being almost like spring cleaning like birth renewal you know what i mean i I do feel like and not to get all religious on you i do feel like i'm rising from the dead after three days in the tomb exactly i think that's a great way to put it i kind of like to look at it it's like uh it's like schrodinger's baseball team you know the the team could be either really good or really bad that's what's great about this time until the games are played they could be either one so you mentioned you know we kind of talk about the tumultuous offseason and obviously a lot has been said about that on air we've touched on it a bit on the podcast in the past but this was i think i I consider this postseason, this offseason, the Giants somehow got a little bit better, but at the same time had probably one of the most horrific offseasons that Giants fans can remember in a long time. And a lot of that falls on to the responsibility of Giants president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi. And that's yeah. why I want to start things off today with this pod as we kind of start the second season of the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. And that is where kind of things stand with Farhan Zaidi right now. Now, we do know that the Giants announced that uh, they, we kind of got some details on Farhan's contract. Uh, he does have a club option for next year, which the Giants do intend to uh, exercise. So he's basically more or less unofficially locked in through this season and next season. After that, though, it's kind of who knows. So just to start things off right now, keep it broad. Where do things stand with Farhan Zaidi, the Giants and this fan base right now? Man, that's such a great question. You know, I think I think to each person's going to have their own answer for something like this. And it really feels like, you know, uh, let's go to the offseason this year. We we heard forever, hey, they got to land free agents. They're going to land a big free agent. They got to land a star. They got to land a star. And why is that? Well, because it felt like and it saw to me like when I look at the roster, nobody from the double A, triple A, single A farm was coming up in time. And so you almost feel like you had to jumpstart this kind of resurgence for the San Francisco Giants by spending top dollar on the open market. I think if we go back to five or six years ago, part of why they were in the position that they're in to hire Farhan was because of bad money that they spent. Right. Locked into wrong contracts, maybe too loyal to some of the guys going in free agency to overspend for Samarja and Cueto, et cetera, Denard Span, And so 
I felt like they were falling down the same trap. And I'm saying to myself, well, why are you doing this? And you get the whole fan base up in a fervor. They don't land Aaron Judge. They have Carlos Correa agreed to in principle, but he doesn't get the the, the physical uh, approved. And then there's that whole saga. And I sit here and I look and I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. Like you got $180 million payroll and there's not one guy that anybody cares about other than Logan Webb, Doval, and Crawford. And I don't see any young players and I don't see any stars. What's going on? So I feel like a lot of the criticism on Farhan is warranted and it's part of their own doing. Totally. No, they've, they've kind of dug themselves this hole and you kind of look back. It's like, well, how do you get to this situation? You know? Yes. When when Farhan got here, it's it's no secret he had a tough situation to to kind of dig I his agree. team out of, and yeah, I think you you mentioned the lack of player development. It has come along really yeah. slow. Now there's lots of reasons as to why that may have happened. Some of it's injuries, some of it's bad luck, uh, some of it's just some guys just kind of got stalled out in their development. Mm-hmm. But it kind of created the situation where the Giants were almost forced to have to build a team through free agency last year, which. I don't think that's what this front office wants to do. They really want to focus on building internally and having guys from the farm system produce, but they're kind of forced to go off script here. And they're almost forced into the situation where they had no choice but to go out and sign yes. Aaron Judge. Now, we've talked about how you know forthcoming Judge was or how honest he might have been in this pursuit. You've expressed frustration that the Giants were had. You think that they shouldn't have been had. I almost kind of wonder, like, if Farhan had not pursued Aaron Judge and said, well, we wanted to, but we could tell he was not, you know, he wasn't going to give us an honest, you know, faith negotiation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if fans really would have accepted that as an answer. So it's That's almost like you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you yeah. don't, you're stuck between this rock and a hard place. That's a really difficult situation for the Giants to be in. And at the end of the day, you have no one but yourself to blame well, for getting into the situation. Let's put the free agents to the side because I'm kind of with you. Like, let's say we had never heard publicly that they were pursuing Judge. You wouldn't lose much sleep, right? I mean, most mm-hmm. Giants fans, I think the fact that you felt like you had a chance and, you, and then you find out that you really were kind of used to up the price for the Yankees, like, that hurts. It hurts being on the other side of that. Then the Correa thing, you get all fired up because you think they finally land a guy. He's a shortstop. Um, he's going to provide some international flair because he's not from this country and been part of some winning teams and he's an everyday player that you're looking for and wow 13 years like so many things baked into that like we can even have an argument whether 13 years is just too much to give any player I don't care who it is but if we had not found out about all those things and I looked up and I saw this roster let's say I was hibernating all offseason and I just looked at the roster it's not an inspiring roster although I do believe it to be upgraded from last year my biggest problem it's not you missing on the free agents it's none of those things it's the fact that you can't develop your own players and it feels like we're waiting extra long when I was already patient on the front end saying hey it's going to take three or four years well here we are in year five and there's not one young everyday player that I know can play for this team. Yeah. And then you're, you're starting to see the fruit a little bit with Casey Schmidt. Yeah. Bryce Johnson could be some there, there as well. Uh, obviously the big eye is on Kyle Harrison. He looks like he could be the first big star to come out of the, the giants farm system here. But yeah, to your point, Shasky, we gave him patience and mm-hmm. 
we haven't really been rewarded for it. At the end of the 2018 season, this is a line I cite a lot when I write stuff for the station about the Giants. Larry Bear said in looking for a new president of baseball ops to replace Brian Sabian and Bobby Evans, we want next-gen thinking. And what I saw that as is it was the Giants admitting that they felt behind the times. You see what the Dodgers are doing in terms of how they've kind of dived into this new way of approaching uh, baseball team construction. The Astros, they're at the forefront of using data and new age technology to develop their farm system. And that's how both of those teams have got a just continuous supply of young talent coming up from their minor leagues where we can lose, a, the Dodgers can lose a Corey Seager. It's okay. We have Gavin Lux. Uh, the, the, the Astros can uh, lose a Carlos Correa and they got, uh, what was it? Uh, Jeremy Pena. Yeah. yeah. Who can fill in right after that. That's where I kind of saw the Giants wanted. The Giants wanted a guy who could recreate that process, but you see them instead. They're striking out with free agents. They're kind of signing ho-hum free agents they're not developing guys it's it's almost like it's we wanted next-gen thinking but it's basically just a, a different version of what the giants had in the last few years of the brian sabian area yeah. when they were not signing free agents when the free yeah. agent signings they did have like you know a denard span weren't exciting and the player development the last few years under sabian was largely non-existent it seems like the giants are just new people same results would you agree with me very few teams can sustain excellence if you're just splurging in the free agent market. I totally agree with that. All right. So let's look at the Padres, for example, because everyone wants to point to them. Wow, look, at they got Machado. And remember when they got Hosmer? And well, really, it started with some of their own homegrown talent, Musgrove and obviously uh, Cronenworth and Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that's really the secret sauce of that team. Will Myers was obviously homegrown at one point uh, in his career. So like, to me, as much as we want to go crazy, and, and yes, you can land superstar-type talent every now and then via free agency, it's not a sustainable business model. But you know no. what is? Developing your own. Look at the championships that the Giants had, and I think this is my biggest problem with right now. Like Posey, Johnny Sanchez, Lincecum, Kane, Pablo Sandoval. You know, you can find me a Hunter Pence and trade for him and bring him in and make him a part of the culture. But Hunter Pence by himself wasn't going to do anything. It was no. the fact that they had all those other guys around them. And then you sprinkle in the Brian Wilsons and the Sergio Romos who we're celebrating right now. Like, I think we dramatically underrated how important having a pipeline of talent. And then you fast forward to like 2014 and, and 2016, you had Joe Panic emerge and Crawford emerge and Brad and belt emerge and, and Matt Duffy emerge. There were so many guys that they could use some of those guys as trade pieces to get things that maybe they couldn't develop. That's the biggest issue right now. The cupboard of prospects feels very empty. Mm -hmm. So going into this season, this, this feels like it's a big year for, for everyone. The giants, we could touch about yeah. that again in a second, but we know that the plan is to pick up the option for Farhan after this season. So, it sounds like he has at least two years left and we're still waiting on whether or not he gets a longer term extension. So I'm curious for you, Shasky, has Farhan earned that extension? And if not, what can, what needs to happen this year for you to say, maybe we should extend him. So let's play this out. Why are you in a rush to give him an extension? Is he, is he going to be gun shy or more apt to make a bold trade to keep his job? Are you that worried? Like I, I'm asking sincerely. I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think a part of it is 
when you have that long-term contract, there's security. You know you're going to be around. Okay. It's harder, I think, to make longer-term moves when you're not going to be around to see those moves come to fruition. If I'm Farhan and I'm thinking, well, I could be gone as soon as maybe after this year mm-hmm. or maybe after 2024, it's kind of harder to maybe say, well, maybe we should extend Logan Webb for the next five, six years. Because why would you make an, a move like that that you won't be around to well, really see the fruition of? So I think having that stability, I think, looks good around the rest of the league. I mean, if it's tough getting people to sign here now, how are you going to convince people to sign here when there's so much questions around the leadership of who's going to be running the team? So just off the top of my head, I think those are kind of some reasons why you want to have Farhan extended. And honestly, as a fan, if I see a, a contract extension for Farhan Zaidi, that's kind of an indication that, you know what? The front office, they the, not the front office, the, the ownership, they know more than we do. If they're saying, hey, we're comfortable giving Farhan more years, that in theory is a positive indictment on the direction of the team. I hear you. I hear you. I guess my counter to that would be, wow, one winning season and you're going to be signed up for 10 years of Farhan's ID. Cause like, that's what an extension is going to look like. It's going to be a multi-year extension. And uh, you know, this is year five next year would be year six. If that's the option, if you add numbers to it, seven, eight, nine, right? Like you start doing the math and you're saying to yourself, I got to start seeing some fruit come off this tree. And so look, I think they're in a really tough spot. I would just say like, can I see how this year plays out? Cause if I see one young player and we can get to some of them in a second, I think a lot of things change. If, 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 this pitching staff bottoms out and isn't good and Logan Webb doesn't regain form and maybe Camilo Duvall doesn't take another step forward and we don't see Kyle Harrison and we do see Casey Schmidt stuck in AAA. Like, do I really want to be signed up for more years of this? Like, I would take a hard look at my situation and say, do I have the right infrastructure in place to cultivate talent year after year? Like, I think they're in a really hard spot with this one. I can go both ways. Yeah, it's tough because I don't know if there's any one specific answer that would kind of settle everything. It could be a season that doesn't go how we want, but still leads to an extension. Mm -hmm. There's, There's so much behind the scenes.